by Trusted Agent USA. Illinois license number 475-145-795. Now, now, here's Larry. The Real Estate Radio, hosted by the real estate therapist, Larry Shackman, a top-producing real estate broker, author, CEO, and founder of TrustedAgentUSA.com, the ultimate real estate matchmaker, connecting you with top-performing agents for 2% commission. Each week, we bring you exclusive interviews with industry experts, covering everything from staging to negotiation strategies to home inspection issues and everything in between. Whether you're selling your home, a first-time home buyer, or a seasoned investor, we've got you covered. Let's make your real estate dreams a reality in this fast-moving and ever-changing real estate market. This program is funded in whole or in part by Trusted Agent USA. Illinois license number 475-145-795. Now, now, here's Larry. The Real Estate Radio, hosted by the real estate therapist, Larry Shackman, a top-producing real estate broker, author, CEO, and founder of TrustedAgentUSA.com, the ultimate real estate matchmaker, connecting you with top-performing agents for 2% commission. Each week, we bring you exclusive interviews with industry experts, covering All right, everything everybody. from staging to Thank negotiation you. strategies to home inspection issues and everything in between. Whether you're selling your home, a first-time home buyer, or a seasoned investor, we've got you covered. Let's make your real estate Chicago dreams are reality in, in this fast-moving and ever-changing real estate market. And this program is funded in whole or in part by Trusted Agent USA. Illinois license number 475 So the couch is open. I'm glad to be back with another Saturday on the Real Estate Radio Couch with you. We've had an interesting week, and we've got some really good stuff to talk about. I think it's going to be uh, helpful for the the, the folks. Uh, I know that we've got some follow-up conversations, uh, both on what we talked about with uh, Dane Laverty last week yep. and uh, what we did on the Wednesday podcast. For those of you who don't join us online on Wednesdays on the podcast-only format, we talked a lot for an hour with some um, specific numeric examples of DSCR loans or debt service coverage ratio loans and how they can make things happen. So we'll touch on that a little bit today. We uh, I know you've got some real estate and spring market stuff to talk about. And with the shift in mortgage rates over the last, say, six months, um, we, we've got kind of the window opening on the first wave of refinancing activity. We're going to talk a little bit today about how to do Good. that math. Good. Yeah, a little bit of house cleaning here, guys. Like I always say, real estate, full contact sport. So uh, remember, uh, give us a call if you have any questions about a transaction you might be dealing with now. If you're thinking about getting into uh, the market, whether you're buying, selling, or investing, give us a call or text us today at 773-763-9278. That's 773-763-9278. Text or call us and uh, we'll do our best to answer whatever questions you have or help you out how any however we can also uh like dylan mentioned or actually i think he mentioned this off air to our TikTok followers we're on TikTok, ah. of course but we're also streaming live on facebook at the real estate radio show podcast group go join that on facebook and you'll get updates on all of our live events and of course our podcasts uh, we're also on WCPT 820. Yeah, on you, you may be listening to us on the radio, but no matter where you yeah. get your social media, we're there. Yeah, uh, we're, of course, on WCPT 820 AM. 
M. So we're happy to have you all along. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And uh, let's, uh, so we had a really good show with uh, Dane Laverty of Property Pals USA. Absolutely fantastic. I think that, you know, what we, what we talked about last week was really, really valuable. You want to kind of queue up, what, yeah. what, do you, what do you want to focus on, Larry, from Dane's conversation last week as a kind of recap for everybody? Yeah, so we really focused on DSCR. We focus. One of the things we focused on. Did we spend a lot of time we, on the SCR? We, we touched on it. I, I mean, I think it's all tied. I think it's all tied together. But I yeah. think that the the most important thing, I that Dane brought us last week, is the idea that it's not always necessary or even advisable to sell your real estate with a traditional kind of real estate broker slash agent like you mm-hmm. um where you're you're in working for a i mean you know what's a traditional brokerage these days right but whether it's a cold war bank or a century 21 or an exp or a compass or a brand name like that that there are lots of buyers in the market who are helping sellers who cannot get that property into the arena Right. That right, works right, right, for right. the yes. for the traditional broker, yes. right? And that could be deferred repairs. That could be that you inherited a property you need to get rid of quickly. It could be that you have life changes that are causing you uh, to enter the foreclosure space and that it's necessary to dispose of the property quickly before the bank takes it. Like yes. there's all sorts of reasons that folks enter Dane's world of non-traditional real estate which brokerage, is, right? Which is typically referred to as wholesaling. And that's where somebody may come in and get a property under contract and then sell it to an end buyer or assign it to another buyer. But uh, yeah, those are all reasons why people would work with somebody like Dane at Property Pals USA as opposed to a, a typical broker like myself. Uh, right. So the typical broker like yourself, Larry, correct me if I'm wrong, if you're using this example, is more of a retail experience, right? So we're going to get full retail price for my real estate. I'm going to list it with you. We're going to look at staging options. We're going to do all the things that are necessary to sell the house, which I know we're going to talk a little more in a few minutes yeah. about. But if I don't have the capacity, time or wherewithal to um, to, to do the things necessary to enter that retail market, that I can avail myself of wholesale solutions. Is that what we're saying? Absolutely. I mean, there is a place in the market for people that do wholesaling, 100%, because there's a lot of people that are in these situations, like you said, whether it's because they're underwater on their house, which is not typical right now, but they may be underwater on their house. They may be behind in payments, looking at a possible foreclosure filing. They may be have a house that has way too much repair on it, and they can't possibly do that. I think, Larry, the, the cool thing that you're getting at here is the idea that there's no... It's not hopeless. It, right. It's not hopeless. So, so you, you, most people, you know, oddly, I think that people look at the market now and they're like, I, I, I'm not upside down. 
but I'm still paralyzed, right? I'm paralyzed, like you said, I'm paralyzed by the inability to make the repairs. I'm paralyzed by the fact that I'm in these foreclosure proceedings, but I don't just want to give the house back to the bank like a short sale because I'm not short, right? Yeah. And so yeah. now how do we make this happen? And I think the wholesale channel can, can have, have some solutions. I think Dane did a great job. job. I, 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 think I think it would be a great idea if we turn around and had Dan again at some point in the next month or so. Well, guess what? That is ironic that you would say that. I love irony. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Uh, Dane is actually going to be joining us once a month on Saturdays, one Saturday a month. That's and, then, and then every Wednesday or any Wednesday, he could make it on our forum where we have, you know, we're going to have a bunch of people on to talk real estate, including consumers that might have any issues they want to talk about. Well, and I think I'm that, yeah, no, I'm excited about it too. I know that we, you know, we get up here on Saturday and we talk a lot while we're on the radio about kind of global issues, right? Um, in the real estate market. Hey, where are interest rates going? Hey, like we're going to talk about today, what are the best things to do to get your house ready for the spring market and that sort of stuff. But like we did on Wednesday, you can, um, and really every Wednesday for the last month or so, mm -hmm. we can do a really deep dive um, on that. We've done a deep dive on managing investment properties and multifamily, mm -hmm. acquiring properties during. Had a great show with Ivan and uh, Jackie Miranda Bomb. Right. Yep. And then we did another week where we did a deep dive on acquiring properties using the Burr method. Yeah. And. You know, that's it. We spent an hour on that. Now, this last week, we spent an hour on DSCR loans. And so that Wednesday forum, I, I would encourage people to either look up the, the, the videos uh, that we posted in the Facebook group or to turn around and find us live on um, Wednesdays yeah. because we're, we're going deeper than we do here on Saturday for yeah. what that's worth. Yeah. And remember, you guys, uh, if you're listening out there, 773-763-9278, you can call or text us with any questions. And you know what? If you're going through a tough time right now with your property and you're in a distressed situation, give us a call and let's see if we can help you out and give you some. We won't, we won't name names. We'll yeah, keep your, no, we'll keep no, your privacy. Of course not. Of course not. And uh, on the other hand, if you're just looking to get into the market and sell on a typical retail basis, you know, how, how I do it and how most brokers do it. Um, call us as well and we'll see if we can help you out. We have some great upcoming guests. So February 3rd, and I'm projecting out a little bit here, but February 3rd, uh, we're going to have Cliff Capson on of Cliff Capson Consulting and that uh, formerly was Enviroscript and Cliff is really one of the premier authorities on, I'm going to say something fancy here, exterior cladding. I don't know. Do I have to say exterior? Because cladding. Um, I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to stop you right there, Larry. We're just going to talk to him next week about it. Let's not get too far down that rabbit hole. Well, what I want to do is I want to explain exactly what he does. So cladding is uh, any kind of exterior substrate, whether it be brick, drive it, you know, EIFS, which is known typically as drive it and uh, uh, composite siding, stucco. Cliff is an expert on this. We just had uh, one of our properties that's on the market inspected by Cliff, uh, which is a stucco uh, clad building. And uh, uh, 
it's a single family home, large single family home, all stucco. And you really have to keep an eye on these things because but you it, could go down a really. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something, Larry, you know, not to go down this rabbit hole too deeply, but I have a uh, financial advisor and friend that I've worked with for 25 years and his parents bought a new construction house, completely clad and drive it in St. Charles, probably 15, 18 years ago. And it was, um, it's a a beautiful house, probably 4,000 square feet. Right. Uh, I mean, on on one of those little perchy hills, the whole thing, um, you know, and the, the the subdivision they built in didn't have a ton of houses, a lot of space between the houses, you know, the type. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also out at the edge where 20 years ago on the West end of St. Charles, where, um, you found yourself uh, kind of at the end of civilization. What I mean by that is there weren't a lot of paved roads and they had turned around and kind of plowed under a fair amount of- Just like Wasco? Wasco kind of, sort of, and yeah. very near there, right? So yeah, that, that sort of thing. But there, there wasn't, a, it wasn't like just off Randall Road, right? right where you're right. like paved and Home Depot and all this other stuff. So there's a lot of woods and there's a lot of trees and creeks and nature and blah, 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 blah. Um, and they finished that house within a year or a year and a half. Um, the drive, it got attacked by woodpeckers. Oh, and, really? Yeah. And they spent the next now, 10 plus years trying to deal with that issue because they, they feuded with the builder about it a little bit. Then they feuded with, um, you know, the, the, the company that provided the materials and this. Finally, they had to rip it all down and brick up the house, which cost a hundred grand or oh, something. Yeah. I mean, it was insane. Well, the inspection alone on a drive hit, uh, like for this house here that I was talking about, it's about a 4,000 square foot house, like the one you were mentioning. And um, it's it's about, you know, somewhere around 18, 1900 bucks for the inspection because yeah. it's a very thorough inspection and you got to make sure there's no moisture behind that cladding. So anyway, Cliff is going to talk about that, but we have another interesting guy coming on in February who's the CEO of Valiant Business Media. And what we're going to talk about is what me and Devin were talking about a little bit before the show, and that is AI and how that is going to affect and how it is affecting the real estate market and marketing of real estate. I'm interested to see where that yeah. conversation goes. I'll yeah. just say that. Yeah, yeah. Let's not get it's, too far on that. It's going to be interesting. That path. All right. So we got a lot to talk about today. Let's just real quickly get into some uh just market dynamics where the rates at right now we're still right about six and a half no more like six and three quarters okay i mean rates rates are not at the bottom end of that range right they're just but they're still good really good not bad okay and i'm curious where's the 10-year treasury bond at i know i'm i'm hitting you up with something here i didn't tell you about are know. you do you know where it's at now no because I, I mean I'll, I'll google it while we're talking google it while we're talking because i'm curious about that because really that's what's tied to rates more mortgage rates specifically um and long-term investments uh more than the fed uh rate am i correct Nah, maybe. So uh, the answer is 4.15. So, but let's talk about the 10-year treasury. It, 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 and the thing is that the 10-year treasury, Larry, is kind of a what we call a proxy. So it stands in for most folks who are not in the mortgage business. Mm-hmm. 
for the general trend in rates, right? And so I, I actually see 4.139 okay. is currently where we're at. So the 10-year treasury is um, the government-issued bond that services everything in the, in, in the economy. Mm-hmm. However, um, at the end of the day, the, that's just a symbol rate out there. They don't base mortgage rates on treasuries. Specifically, they base mortgage rates on the trading of mortgage-backed securities. And those are the bonds that are similar to treasury bonds that are created by the government-sponsored enterprises, FHA, VA, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. And your mortgage payment, if you have a mortgage, my poor mortgage payment, because I do have a mortgage, and any new mortgage that we create are, are... in essence, the entire mortgage industry exists to kind of take all those payments, follow the rules and regulations about them, right. and then aggregate them, right? So one of the reasons you don't get a 4.139 mortgage rate is because to make the thing systematized, they have rates and they go in eighths, right? Six, six, six and an eighth, six and a quarter, blah, and so on. Right. right. And so the mortgage-backed securities are traded every day in the market. And... There are times where the mortgage-backed securities and the uh, 10-year treasury kind of move in the same trend, up, Mm -hmm. down, whatever the case is. But there are also times mortgage-backed securities will go one way and treasuries will go the other. And so the mortgage-backed security is the real proxy. And that's a thing uh, you've seen me open that website that I watched that has the charts. That's a chart of the mortgage-backed securities, not the 10-year. So most accurately... Mortgage-backed securities are what you really yes, want to be looking at. Exactly. So, um, okay, but the Fed, the Fed rate doesn't necessarily mean one way or the other. So separate issue. So think about it like this. The mortgage-backed security, the 30-year mortgage, is the longest rate in the entire U.S. economy, right? You mm-hmm. can get a mortgage today at whatever the rate is, and you look at 30 years, as long as you make your payment every month, you will have the same interest rate. Mm-hmm. Now, is that a good deal for you? Does that work? Blah, blah, blah. All that stuff is detailed. But the thing is, that's the longest rate, and it's determined by the mortgage-backed securities market. Mm-hmm. Like a seesaw, the Fed-controlled overnight discount lending rate is the shortest rate in the market. It is the market that corporate or the rate that corporate banking customers will use to lend money overnight. So Chase clears now we're talking, you know, old school. Chase clears two billion dollars in checks from Citibank and they need two billion dollars float overnight till this thing shakes out and all the money mm-hmm. sloshes around. The Fed rate is the money the, the, the rate that that lend yeah. loan that. So it's not a direct impact. So when the so when the Fed is in the market, sometimes the Fed will raise their rate, but mortgage rates get better. And Mm -hmm. the reason is mortgage rates are based, mortgage-backed securities trading is based on inflation expectations. Mm -hmm. So as the Fed was raising rates two years ago, rates on mortgages rose because everybody was like, oh my God, the Fed has recognized there's inflation here. We have to fight inflation. And remember, we spent all that time where they're like, the Fed's behind the curve on inflation. What does that mean? It means rates have to go higher to fight the inflation. Well, now we've seen rates moderate because we think the Fed is more in the ballpark on inflation. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean the Fed's going to cut rates? I don't know. There was an argument earlier this year we're going to have rate cuts as early as March and yeah, six rate so. cuts this year. I don't think that's happening. I don't think 
So, um, so, so I don't especially think, with the fourth quarter numbers. That yeah, came out, the, 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 the GDP numbers. Even, oh. I, I think that the, the market is fine. The market doesn't need rate cuts. Now, the market probably doesn't need more increases. And that's where we're at now. This moderation in rates is based on the idea that the Fed it's feels tricky. it's a very tricky balancing act when they talk about the Fed having to kind of thread the needles, soft landing, all sorts of conversations like that. That's what this is about. And so mortgage rates, the, the Fed pushes this one end of the seesaw, the overnight lending rate, in hopes that it'll push things down or pull things up on the other end of the economy with the long rates and the market that gets to decide what's going to happen with the long rates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And uh, like we said, it's tricky. It's a tricky thing to maneuver when you're, you know, the head of the Fed and trying to do this. I think, in my opinion, I'm not really too concerned about a recession, the R word anymore. I, I'm just not. I'm going to put it out there. My feeling is we're, we're kind of past worrying about going into a recession. It looks like we're more headed towards what everybody's referring to as this soft landing. Right. And uh, I think that's bearing out with the numbers that came out for the fourth quarter. Consumer spending is still, you know, very, very healthy. And uh, so, yeah, there's that. And, uh, you know, there's a lot going on. Builder sentiment is up, like we mentioned. Also, new building uh, permits are up for new construction. New construction has held up the real estate market for a long time while we've been short on inventory. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, there's just just a lot going on out there. I, I completely agree. I think that, but I think the most important thing is, you know, like we talked about on, on this particular topic, look, new construction has been great for the economy in the global sense, right? They're building houses all over uh, Texas and Colorado and Nevada and, you know, lots of other places. It's not a lot of new construction in Illinois. And I think that, no. you know, one of the things that we have to keep in mind is, um, you know, all, as you have probably said a thousand times in life, all real estate is local. So is. at the end of the day, the question is, hey, what's going to be best for you in your market? Yeah, I mean, there is some new construction in Illinois, but a lot of it is tied with teardowns where they're building uh, pre-existing homes. And, but I mean, I would just say it is a percent of the real estate activity yeah. in the market. It's yeah. so much lower. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but before we do, I just want to thank our sponsors. And of course, the first one, let's thank Trusted Agent USA, trustedagentusa.com. That's where you're going to be working with the best agents in your area at very reasonable commission rates. You're going to save a lot of money, including money on title. So go to trustedagentusa.com and check it out if you're thinking about buying, selling, or investing. Also, of course, we want to thank our partners, and of course, one of those partners are sitting directly to my left, and that is Dylan Kramer. There he is there in all of his glory uh, with his suit coat on and looking like a pro. I shine up like a new penny, yeah, buddy. I'll tell you what, you clean up good. Um, also, we want to thank At Home Title Services. Uh, like I said, if you want to save... If you're, if you're a seller selling your own 
uh, home that you occupy or you're an investor selling off some of your inventory, if you want to save 50% on your title insurance policy, which can be substantial, uh, give me a call at 630-921-0611 or just text title to that same number, 630-921-0611. And uh, having said that, we are going to be back shortly. Tune in to Real Estate Radio, Saturdays at 9 a.m., hosted by the real estate therapist, Lily Shackman, the top-producing real estate broker, author, CEO, and founder of TrustedAgentUSA.com. Top-performing agents for 2% commission, saving you thousands when you sell, buy, or invest. Real Estate Radio, the ultimate real estate radio experience. Get insider tips from experts throughout the real estate industry. Streaming live on Facebook at WCPT820. Trusted Agent USA, Illinois, license number 475 Welcome back to Real Estate Radio. Our department is agent USA.com, the ultimate real estate matchmaker of Now, now, Larry, the real estate therapist. All right, you guys, we are back. Once again, I want to thank you for joining Dylan and I on the Real Estate Radio Show podcast. Remember, we're streaming live at 8.20 a.m. on Facebook. We're also streaming live at our group at the Real Estate Radio Show podcast group. Go there, follow us, and we'll be made aware of all of our live events and all of our podcasts. And we got a lot of great stuff coming up. So, Dylan, let's jump right into a couple things here real quickly. Absolutely. And, uh, the first thing, uh, and I, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but with the spring market coming, uh, there are some things you want to keep in mind, and really there's four home staging rules that I want to bring to everybody's attention when you're putting your house on the market. These are four home staging rules that you really, really want to keep top of mind uh, before you go on the market when you're getting your house ready to present to those buyers that are going to be walking through your door. And I am not going to take credit for this. I'm going to give credit for these four home staging rules to an article I read by Margaret Kerr, who's my good friend at uh, Chicagoland Home Staging. And they are your two home stagers in Chicagoland. So the first one is stop thinking that the home is still yours. So, so when you've decided you're going to sell your home, stop thinking that the home is yours. You are no longer selling your home with all your magnets on your refrigerator and all your personal pictures on the wall going up the stairs. And you know, I know it has a lot of memories for you. You have to cut the cord emotionally from your home because you are now selling an asset. And so, so when, when you stage, stage it, you want to think about that because uh, you don't want to be too emotionally driven when you sell your home, which is why you want to be represented by a third party, a broker like myself or whoever that broker might be. Yeah, Larry, I think that that's a great one, right? Like there's this mindset and I think that it's a weird thing to kind of adopt, but at, at the, the end of the day, day it's about stopping your home and start just being a house, house right? Yeah. And, 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 and that, if you're going to sell it, that's, that's, that's the, the play. play. Yeah. 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 Stop thinking that uh, 
that that this is your home and you love it and these are the great things about it and why don't other people love what i love about it and i'm just going to leave it the way it is and no it's it, you're selling an asset you're not selling uh you know a family heirloom it is now an asset that you're trying to make. right for sure okay number two is uh recruit an objective opinion because your opinion of your home is not objective you know you love your home you've lived there for 18 19 20 years whatever it is and you have become very emotionally attached to your home you want to take right. that emotion throw it out the window and get an objective opinion of your home where someone's going to walk through it and say this is what i would do if i was selling your home to put me in a position to get top dollar and sell it for as much money as i can in the shortest time possible because that's how you get the most money you possibly can you don't linger on the market okay number three and this is you know when, when people, people think, think of staging, they often think of adding things to the home, you know, adding a flower vase here, which you're going to do, and or add a, a throw here or a pillow here or paint this or do that. But you also want to add it, add it, add it, which means anything, let's put it this way, remove 80% of the stuff I use the nice S word. Right. Remove 80% of the stuff that you don't need. Get it out of your house. Even put it in your garage. People understand when you're moving that, you know, a lot of stuff goes in the garage. If you can put it in storage, great. But um, add it, add it, add it. Remove 80% of the stuff you don't need. Show your square footage. Show your counter space. Show, show that space. And... Uh, Am, Am I right? right? How do you feel about it? I, I, I think, think that that, that makes all the sense in the world. world. I mean, ultimately, ultimately not I, 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 well, I, look, I, I think that, look, look Margaret's right, right because Margaret does, does that for a yeah, living. Let's right? not argue about, about Margaret. Margaret. I mean, we've had her on the show. Yeah, I think it makes all the sense in the world. So I think that's really where the whole thing is. The question is, I always ask whether it's about staging or coming to the market in any situation. It's kind of the following. Uh, do you want to put your house on the market or do you want to sell your house? That's right. That's right. The longer you stay on the market, the farther away you get from your list price. Right. Just remember that. That's how it works. Okay. Number four are strategic final clutches. And that's what we uh i alluded to a little earlier when we talked about editing and removing things you're still going to add some strategic final touches like uh some of the things we mentioned flower vases filled with flowers uh you know i even tell you know when i'm doing an open house and launching a property and doing that first open house after pre-marketing it right i'll tell the i'll suggest to the seller bake some cookies, get up early and just bake some cookies. Get that good, 
you know, warm smell in your house, right. Right? bake some chocolate chip cookies and put them out. Likely no one's going to take one. Uh, not me. I would take one. Absolutely. I would definitely take one. But, you know, do some strategic things like plush throw sets and, you know, white pillows on uh, if you have a home that has a lot of wood in it, you're going to add color to it like we did on a property that my uh, associate just sold um, in Naperville. It had a lot of hardwood, right. a lot of red hardwood type stuff everywhere. And Margaret had some color to that added some stools around an island with a white you saw the picture yeah, yeah. with a white uh you know white seeds she added white uh pillows and some other things uh that just added color to it that broke up that right. all that wood. And it, it was, was a beautiful home. I mean, it was, uh, let me ask you this when you talk about that i, I, I find it interesting, interesting because you know, know i listen to these four tips, tips and the, the, the thing, thing that i here in the first view is these are things in theory in theory mm -hmm. that you, you could do yourself right i can take away my stuff i can, I can you know, that sort of thing but, but i can't really unless i'm a professional like margaret or i've done it for a long time like you i can't look around my own house and be like oh this will be the thing like i'll i'll get these stools with the white cushions it'll be great well I don't, I don't know. know. So, so at that, that point, you need help, help right? right? I mean, that objective opinion, what we, what we talked about, right? Yeah, I, I get that. that. You need that objective opinion. And uh, the, the most important reason you need that is because you're not going to walk around your house without that emotional attachment to the house that you've had with all those memories, right. raising your kids and all that, uh, and make these decisions Without, without your heart, heart right. involved in it. And, and you, you gotta, gotta, gotta remove that. Totally so, get it. Those are things that you want to really keep in mind when staging your property for the spring market coming up. And of course, the number one thing, guys, when you're selling your home is price. Price, 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 price your house correctly. And uh, in the coming weeks, I'm gonna talk a little bit about my pricing strategy, which might surprise you. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that in the next coming weeks because I, I can't tell you how important that is. Right. Nobody cares what your capital gains taxes are that you're going to pay on your home uh, when you sell it because you're you're making money selling your home. Right. And there's going to be capital gains taxes on it if you don't do something with that money and talk to your accountant about sure. that. But, um, yeah, you want to uh, really just keep all these things in mind uh when selling and especially with the spring market i agree man i agree, I agree. Yeah. so yeah what, what, what else what else I, let, let me, me ask you this, this. strategically are we it's kind of a two-foot part right because we're talking about staging but we're better off staging than not staging right ultimately listen i will tell you this right now staging sells properties the last and I don't care if you're selling a $500,000 property that's or a $3.5 million property. And, and that's, that's really the thing. Like, we see it all the time. Like, I think people think it's really uh, stuck or bound to upper range properties, high end properties. Yeah. And Margaret will tell you that 
the majority of the properties she does, or she does many, she stages many properties that are in the 750 or 500 to a million dollar okay. range. No, and that she makes does a lot of many sense. that are in the four or five, six million dollar range. Right. They're staged differently. And, uh, but it's, it's important staging cells. And, and here's a good point. The last two properties that Margaret has staged for uh, one of my associates, uh, the uh, the furniture that she staged it with, the buyer bought the furniture with the home. Now these were both homes with very high end furniture she staged. Yeah, no, that's I mean that, that that's more an upper bracket type yeah. of uh, yeah. luxury type situation, I right? So. I think that that's less likely to happen on your half a million dollar house, largely because the folks who are buying those houses have a house full of furniture they're bringing anyway, right? Yeah. I don't necessarily want to make an additional investment yes. in a house full of furniture, Yeah, which I get. Yeah. So you had some things you wanted to touch on. Let's get into those. You know, one of the things I, I well, what do you, you want, want to talk about, Larry, when you talk about rates and refis, we talk about the DSCR conversation we had. On okay, so we had a really good conversation on the DSCR uh loans right. and why that's attractive not only to investors but potentially and they're investors too people house hacking but they're going to live in the property as well uh in one of the units but yeah let's get into that okay cool so here's the thing uh, it's a great opportunity for people who are trying to hack a house right we've got now we've talked about house hacking previously being kind of the exclusive domain of uh, a person who's buying, living in one and renting out the others. This, this is, is a different, different element to that, but also attached to it, right? And, and the question is, how do we get into the house? Well, one of the things when you buy a place that you're going to reside in as a owner-occupant of a four-unit or a three-unit, um, you, you find yourself in a situation where you get to use the rents to qualify to buy the place. And that is attractive, but it's not mandated that you end up in a situation where uh, you live there. Now, it's different, right? You can buy three and a half percent down as an owner occupant where you have to put a significant percentage more down, at least 20 percent. Um, but what we explored on Wednesday, and I'll share with everybody now, is there's literally a grid, right? I mean, we pulled it up on the screen and we showed everybody. So when we go to process your mortgage pre-approval for the SCR loan, you're going to invest in the property. You're going to put 20% down or more. There's a grid. And on one side of the grid is the size of the down payment. 20%, 25%, all the way to 50% and 5% increments. And then on the down grid is the credit score. Literally as low as 620, all the way to 760. And the higher your credit score, the less you can put down and the better your interest rate is. That's the bottom line. And so... There are a bunch of different other qualifications, right, in terms of uh, parameters to run you through. Is it a two-unit or three, four-unit? Is it a, uh, you know, does the rent cover 100% of the payment? And that's the thing on a DSCR loan, right? When we qualify you for a normal mortgage, you have to qualify based on your income for the monthly payment. However, in a DSCR loan, if you have three rents in the apartment, and those rents total $5,000, as long as the payment is less than $5,000, you, 
then you're going to qualify for that loan. And that's it. Yeah. Based on the down payment and credit score parameters. They're not going to look at your W-2s. They're they're not not interested. It's not an income qualifying loan. Now, again, this is not a loan for the person who's listening and says, well, I've, I've struggled to pay my bills, but I would love to be a homeowner. Mm-hmm. That's not this person. This right. is the person who says, I haven't figured out how to invest in a property. But the cool thing about this DSCR loan, which we didn't talk about on Wednesday, which I think I want to make this point now, mm-hmm. is there are things in lending that protect the lender. But as a result do a great job protecting you as the borrower. And the DSCR loan is one of those. Mm-hmm. It's not the only example. I'm going to give you another one in a second. But the thing is that if the lender says, look, these three rents make $5,000, and if your payment's $5,000, you're good, then you don't end up in a situation where real estate agents who want to do a deal other people, your enthusiasm to do a deal, looks at a property and says, well, the payment's 5800 but maybe I can get in there with these $5,000 rents, little paint, little scrubbing, little this, little that, and increase the rents over time and make the thing work. Mm-hmm. That's probably a bad idea in terms of the way to invest yeah, in real estate, right? I, I agree. And, and to optimistically hope it's going to work out based on some other value you bring. So it has to work up front. So the loan that the company providing the DSCR loan wants to make sure the loan works up front. That protects them, but it also has the effect of protecting you as the borrower and the investor. And that sort of protection is great. Another example of that sort of protection area is, uh, I'm sure you've seen folks do renovation loans and where you buy a house and it's in disrepair, you're like, I'm financing. 30, 50, $100,000 in repairs. You can do that. You can do that on multi-units. And it is a challenging loan product to do. I've done a few. It's not easy. But one of the- have to have a lender that knows what they're doing. The lender has to, well, and, 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 and the thing is, you need the person, you need the frontline mortgage loan originator, like who knows what they're doing. But additionally, they have to work at a company that knows how to execute those loans. And not only in the, creation and origination of those loans, but then in the administration of the construction project. Yeah. So to, to that end, they'll require you to get a construction manager and a HUD consultant, right? And you have to bring that person to the transaction. Well, that person's job is to protect the lender from unscrupulous contractors, from cost overrides, from inflation in the bids and some other stuff, and to make sure that what you're agreeing, right? They don't just give you a hundred thousand dollar check and say, yeah, go ahead and fix the house up. Like you need a detailed bid. And and that construction person's job is to make sure that the scope work you're signing up for will bring the property to, to, to the place that it needs to be. Yeah. And so that construction person is there to protect the lender, but it has the result of protecting you as the consumer when you do one of those transactions. And so there are some fail safes built in to the lending business, um, especially after all the conversations about predatory lending 15 years ago, right? So when you do something that's non-traditional, right? We talked about wholesaling being a non-traditional end of real estate. 
Um, DSDR loans are a non-traditional sort of mortgage in the same way. It's not wholesale versus retail, but it's non-traditional in the same way. And that puts you in a situation where uh, the, the, the lender's fail safes protect you. So, but the, the, but the best thing about the DSCR ultimately is if the payments that you're signing up for work, the loan is approved, meaning, and by work, I mean covered by rents, right? So if you buy, and, and that's an attractive way to buy an investment piece of real estate. Oh, yeah. The rents will pay the payment. Yeah. So if you, I would, I would ask this, if you are interested in, a house hacking white paper that we had on six months ago. So it's probably a good time to bring it up again. If you're interested in the house hacking white paper, send me a text, send the word hack, H-A-C-K, to 630-708-7088. And I will text you back a link to download the white paper. Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, the gentleman I was talking to yesterday that is kind of on the fence about putting his three flat on the market, that's in very good shape, fully leased out, and who I, I explained to him, there are investors by the droves out there looking for new doors to add to their inventory. Um, we spoke a little bit about those loans and uh, he said he's a big fan of those loans as an investor. Should be. And he should be. It, it, it's it's a a look, it's a quality investor loan. I think that one of the things that you're going to see is um, in a market like this, you have to solve the real estate problem. And one of the ways you can solve a real estate problem is with financing. There, there are a lot. And so the, that's really the, the market that we're in. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and we are going to come right back and wrap things up at the Real Estate Radio Show podcast. We'll see you soon. Tune in to Real Estate Radio, Saturdays at 9 a.m., hosted by the real estate therapist, Larry Shackman, a top-producing real estate broker, author, CEO, and founder of TrustedAgentUSA.com. Top-performing agents for 2% commission, saving you thousands when you sell, buy, or invest. Real Estate Radio, the ultimate real estate radio experience. Get insider tips from experts throughout the real estate industry. Streaming live on Facebook at WCPT 820. Trusted Agent USA, Illinois, license number 475-145795. Welcome back to Real Estate Radio, sponsored in part by TrustedAgentUSA.com, the ultimate real estate matchmaker, saving you thousands. Now, now back to Larry, the real estate therapist. All right, you guys, once again, thanks for joining us today, this Saturday morning, the 27th of January. This year is already flying by. You know... You say that, but it feels, you said the 27th, it feels like January 55th. I know. Exactly. Um, hey, you know, we've talked about a lot today, and I just want to bring this up real quickly. If you guys are interested in a great read that will literally answer a lot of these questions we talked about today, and I'm going to flash this on the screen real quick, and just go and you can go to trustedagentusa.com and get my new book, The Top Tens of Real Estate. These are 32 top 10 real estate lists that are absolutely proven to max out your profit when you buy, sell, or invest. So yeah, you can go to Anderson's Bookstore in Naperville or go to any of your online booksellers and buy it or whatever. But if you'd like a free copy of the ebook, just text me at 630-921-0611. Text book 
and I will send you a link to that free ebook, and it'll answer a lot of these questions. Solid. Solid. I like it, Larry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so having said that, let's uh, wrap this up with uh, a couple of things. First, uh, I really enjoyed that conversation about uh, the DSCR loan. Yeah, I thought, I mean, we did a deep, deep dive on it on Wednesday, and I thought we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, if you guys want to check that out go to our real estate group on facebook the real estate radio show podcast group and watch the full episode and you're really going to get a deep dive if you're thinking about getting into investing on how these loans can really make it a lot easier for you to get into investing. Now, one thing about these loans is the interest rate is a little bit higher, am I correct? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's higher than the conventional 30-year fixed rate loan, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 the thing is that um, it's more, I think, based on the idea that it's an investment property mm-hmm. than it is that, hey, we're not doing that to income ratio or any other thing, right? At the end of the day, I think that um, you know, we looked at that grid, Larry, and you could with a 760 credit score and uh, you know, 35% down, if I remember correctly, that rate was in the seven and a half area. Well, rates are in the six and three quarters area, so you pay a little bit more money, but are you paying any more money than you would finance a Fannie Mae investment property? No, not by much. Rates on a Fannie Mae investment property about half over the going rate, right? So at the end of the day. Uh, if you qualify for a Fannie Mae investment property, you might get seven and a quarter and have a boatload of paperwork. Or you can get a DSCR loan and go at seven and a half. Yes, right? Like the, so, and, and again, that's not a quote. Specific examples, need your information, all the disclaimers, blah, blah, blah. We're just talking about the ballpark area of rates. Relatively speaking, these DSCR loans are competitive with loans on Fannie Mae program. Yeah, it's a great product. It's something that if you're investing already and you already have a portfolio, you probably know about this product. If you're just getting into investing, then that's something that you want to take a serious look at. And of course, like we always say, if you want to get into investing, get around people that invest, join Chicago RIA, join another real estate group join our facebook group where we talk about we talk about real estate all the time every day right so if you go again to facebook and find the real estate radio show podcast uh our group you can just join the group and we'd like to have you and share what we have on a day in day out basis yeah before we wrap up i just i want to touch on one more thing that is like super important when you're selling your home, probably the number one thing, and that is what you price it at. Guys, I I wanna make sure I'm being clear on this. It is not a good, I know the conventional wisdom is, hey, we're gonna price our home a little higher because we can always drop the price. It's not a good look. Is that really the conventional wisdom, Larry? It really is. You know what? You say that, but in my experience, I I know you and almost every agent I talk to knows that the consumer says this all the time. 
Oh, I think, I think uh, yeah, you know, you have a discussion. Like, I think my year is worth four seventy nine. I'm like, well, let's put it on five twenty nine and see what happens. You know what's going to happen in there? Nothing. 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 So, and and then your house gets a stink on it. And at the end of the day, that's really where the problem is. So, I would argue that it's conventional wisdom to the consumer, but not to the real estate. Well, here's the thing, though. The only conventional wisdom that matters. Is to the, the consumer because we're constantly fighting this battle. That's I right. have I have done this over and over again. And guys, here's here's just a good rule to think about. The longer you're on the market, and I mentioned this earlier, the farther away you're going to get from your list price. So it's not a good look to start high and then come down over a couple of months because it plants, you know, people are talking to those, the buyers out there are talking to the voices in their head as to, well, why isn't this property selling? And what's the problem with this property? It seems like a nice property, but why is it still on market three months later? So not a good idea. We're going to talk about my pricing strategy in uh, the weeks to come. And uh, I think, I, I think that's a good thing to do a dive on. There. Yeah, I think on a Wednesday, we'll do a deep dive on pricing. And uh, we don't have to spend the whole show on it, but we can certainly do a deep dive on that because it is it is probably the single most important thing that is going to keep your equity in your right. pocket and make you the most amount of money possible in the shortest amount of time possible by getting the most amount of people interested in your property when it first comes on the market. You know what? The, the thing, thing I would, I would tell, tell you, Larry, is for the people listening as a consumer, is to think about the following. Have you ever sat on your couch with your computer open, watching TV with your spouse, and you're kind of in the market to buy, whether you're a first-time buyer or you're, uh, you're going to be a move-up buyer or you're just watching the neighbors and you're, you're, you're doom-scrolling Zillow and Redfin, and the neighbor's house, two, three houses over, a block over that you're familiar with, comes on the market, like, oh, look, so-and-so selling. Oh, that's overpriced. And you judge it like that. Yeah. You're, you haven't even left your house yet. Yeah. And the house is overpriced. You're not interested. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, you got to be really careful with that. Listen to the pros that you're working with. Having said all that, I want to thank Devin on the board. Thank you, sir, uh, for keeping us live. That's awesome. There you go. Uh, and Dylan, thanks again. No, no, no Larry. Larry. Thank you, yeah, my friend. Yeah, thank, thank you. It's, a, it's, a, it's been another great hour on yeah. the uh, on the couch. Yeah. And uh, so, guys, remember the Real Estate Radio Show podcast group. Go there, join it, and follow us, and let's do real estate. We'll see you this coming Wednesday and next Saturday back here at the studios at WCPT, 820 a.m. Have an awesome weekend. Thanks for joining us on Real Estate Radio with your host, Larry Shackman, the real estate therapist and top producing broker. Now go to trustedagentusa.com and save thousands when you sell, buy, or invest. Illinois license number 475-145-795. Tune in next week for the ultimate real estate radio experience.